Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. What are they made of? Cured edible green leaves, food-grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical-grade nicotine. No tobacco leaf or stem. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco and want to join the Black Buffalo herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online and they ship directly to most states. Or check out their store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. You know our trusted partner TireRack.com for their fast free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer rated Bridgestone Weather Peak. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin, TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. The Volume. Throw down on big matchups with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. This week, new customers can bet just 5 bucks on the NFL and score 150 instantly in bonus bets. Download DraftKings Sportsbook now. With code JOHN, new customers can bet $5 on the NFL action to score 150 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code J-O-H-N. JOHN, the crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for Problem gambling? Call 888-78-977 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restriction terms and, and responsible gaming resources. What is going on, everybody? John Middlecoff, three and out podcast, college football. What a day. What a day for your boy. Uh, Washington, somehow, they won. That's all that matters. They won. They covered the four. And, you know, someone had a little action on them, 7-1 to one to win the Natty. Very profitable day, fun day. Obviously, Jim Harbaugh gets a historic win for his coaching resume against the GOAT, Nick Saban. We will dive into everything. Penix, Harbaugh, Michigan, Saban, Sark, the end of the Washington game, 
the insanity of the day. And I, I do have to hit on uh, Dave Tepper. Dave Tepper, who threw something at a fan. And Jordan Love, who somehow the Packers did it again because he looks like a stud. So we'll dive into a couple of NFL things, and then the plan will be podcasts all week long, obviously. NFL stuff, I'll do a huge mailbag. I didn't do a mailbag today. Happy New Year. I was out and about trying to have some a normal day before I had to work, which is just watching football. But we'll have a huge mailbag tomorrow at John Middlecoff as the Instagram fire in those DMs. And uh, if you listen on Collins feed, make sure you subscribe and we put everything up on the three and out YouTube page so you can you can subscribe to us on YouTube. We do it all video wise. What a day, man. It's about eleven thirty at night. I've been glued to my couch for about eight hours just watching those two games. I'm sure many of you were too. It doesn't get any better. What a day. That, that, was, that was freaking awesome. Uh, but first, you guys know, download the Game Time app. Go to your smartphone, Game Time. Go to the app, download it. Buy a pair of tickets. Do you want to go to the national championship? Are you a Michigan fan? Are you a Washington Husky fan? I have your back. Go to the Game Time app. Download it. Go to the national championship. Look at the different sight lines, the price points. When you buy a pair of tickets, promo code John, J-O-H-N. I know we got, obviously, it's a big NFL podcast. You, your team in the NFL playoffs, you want to go to an NFL playoff game? I got you covered. Game time, promo code John, $20 off. Save yourself some money. And uh, appreciate everyone that's hammered that promo code throughout the year. You guys are living well. Well, as I've been saying, I was going to go large on this game. And I'll be honest, I wussed out a little bit. Uh, as I got to the teller, uh, instead of going seven grand money line on Washington, I, I basically put four on plus four, which I, down the stretch, I, I thought they were going to lose. I, I thought the coaching staff blew it, and I was just glad that I was going to get out basically losing a couple hundred dollars unscathed. But not only did they cover, they won money line, and I might have dabbled a little bit, seven to one to win the national championship. I told Colin this the other night. Now listen, we'll get into the end of the game. If Washington, instead of being the Washington Huskies led by Kalen Dubor, was the USC Trojans led by Lincoln Riley, this would have been a pickup game. The national championship would be a pickup game. But they were a four-point underdog today. They're a four-point underdog against Michigan. They have the best quarterback in the game. And listen, Dubor and Grubb, they're 104 and 11 as a coaching staff. Like, they never lose at every level. Now, tonight was pretty embarrassing. I thought the game really turned, because at one point in time, we were a muff punt away from this thing being a 17-20 point game in the second half, especially with how well Washington played. This, they would have been out of reach, you know, into the fourth quarter. But there was a drive late after the second fumble when Ryan Grubb, the offensive coordinator, who turned down Nick Saban last year, is going to be, if Dubor goes to Michigan because Harbaugh leaves, will be the next coach at Washington. Got cute. I don't blame him. He, he tried to dance on Sark's grave on national television. They were up 13 points. And, and he tried to end his career, basically. Obviously, he's not going anywhere. But I just embarrassed him, you know? And they got pass happy. They did double passes. They went three and out in like a minute. That's when the game flipped. And I thought Washington, which is really buttoned up, well coached, you saw them coming out of halftime. They came guns blazing, pedal to the metal, passing up-tempo, but high percentage passes, and eviscerated those guys. But they saw blood in the water, and they tried to go like a great white shark. The problem is they fucked up. And then it all kind of unraveled. Now, at the end of the game, 
My issue is, listen, their running back is clearly pretty dinged up. And, and who knows, the, the final injury does not look good. Who knows his status for the national championship game. He's a solid player. That, that would be a big blow. Now, you could argue that Washington wants to pass the majority of the time, but they still, he's a physical presence. They can hammer him the ball, you know, 10, 12 times a game. So his question mark number seven going, moving forward is not ideal. When he got injured and the clock didn't run, right, because of the rule, the injured player, the clock's going to stop and then it's going to start at the beginning of the snap. I thought Texas was going to win the game. And they really almost did. I think Washington got very lucky because their coach has fucked up multiple times. Now, the reason they're there, elite coaching. The reason they're in the national championship, elite coaching. The reason they can win the national championship, elite coaching. Belichick, Andy, you know, Parcells, the, the great Holmgren, the great coaches, Jimmy Johnson, they screw up. They have bad moments. They have things they would like to redo. But that sequence in the fourth quarter when they went three and out in the blink of an eye after the fumble, and then toward the end of the game when they kicked the field goal to go up 11 and they threw the ball on third down instead of basically running the ball and forcing them to take a timeout, really almost bit them in the ass. Like that, that would have been one of the biggest choke jobs of all time. And taken away from a guy who is, me and Colin talked about it. If Harbaugh leaves Michigan, he's their first call. If Harbaugh stays and Ryan Day next year gets fired, he's Ohio State's first call. This guy's a coaching star. Doesn't mean he doesn't have bad moments. He did the night. That was bad. Ultimately, they won. That's Listen, they're at the point in time in the season. Survive, advance. That was bad. Ultimately, the outcome good, and they're in the national championship. And Kalen Dubor, Ryan Grubb, and Michael Penix, why I like them in this game. And let's face it, beside the craziness at the end, Washington was the better team. Not even debatable. At one point in time, they were a muff punt from being up like 25 points. Their quarterback is a star. The gap in this game, yours is solid. He's clearly gotten a lot better. He's not even close to being on Michael Penix's level. Going into the national championship, J.J. McCarthy. I, I think he's kind of a guy. I know everyone's like, oh, first round pick. First round. By who? <laughs> not me. Again, I'm, I'm not trying to crush the guy. Personally, I think he should come back to college. I, I just think he's got a long way to go before anointing him as some NFL player. Michael Penix is clearly the best quarterback, you know, in the Final Four. Tonight, for the majority of the game, he was fucking brilliant. And I think a lot of people ask, and I know it was happening on the social media streets, how is this guy not in the mix to be like the number one pick, or at least the lock number two behind Caleb Williams? Because you watch him tonight, touch. One, his mobility is even better than I gave him credit for. Obviously, he throws one of the prettiest deep balls in any level of football currently. Like it is it is gorgeous. Uh timing, rhythm, ability to read defenses. He's an incredible player. And the NFL texting a lot of people in the NFL, and I've been told this throughout the year because anyone that watches Washington over the last two years knows that this guy has easily been one of the best players, if not the best player in college football over the totality of that time. Well he was at Indiana for four seasons. Every single season ended in an injury. Two of those injuries are ACLs. I'm not exactly sure. I didn't write down what the other two injuries are, but they were season enders. So his injury past is really, really long. And that is fair for NFL teams to be very concerned about that. And technically, he's older. Like, he will be 24 right around the draft. You know, some of these quarterbacks coming out are 20 and 21 years old. Like, listen, Caleb is a better prospect. 
right? They're just more to work with, better athlete, bigger arm. But Michael Penix right now, in my opinion, is a better player. Now, as a pro- the draft isn't about who's better right now. It's about projecting. It's about your physical attributes. Like He's going number one. And I think he's going to end up going number one for the Chicago Bears. Like I'm sorry, Justin Fields is getting traded. But I, I think Michael Penix, like, based on tape, is better than every other quarterback. Now, Drake May younger, more athletic, less injuries. Same thing with Jaden Daniels, much more athletic. Obviously had a lot of success in the SEC. But this guy, as a passer, because a lot of football ultimately comes down to making throws. I, I wouldn't even just say that the modern-day pocket is probably expanded to like three, four yards on each side of the tackle, but throwing the ball is what's has taken Lamar to another level, right? He is so good at kind of scrambling around behind the line of scrimmage and then throwing the ball accurately, and he, he's become dominant at that. It's why Russell Wilson was traded for all that from the Denver Broncos, because in his prime, that's all he did, scramble around, make plays. Michael Penix on the move, making passes, obviously from in the pocket is special. Teams get scared off by injuries, and you have multiple ACLs, Now, he's been very, very durable these last two years in the Pac-12. And this year, in my opinion, the Pac-12, top to bottom, like SEC at the top was probably the best conference. The Big Ten, clearly very overrated. ACC, blue, and the Big 12 was even worse. So to me, the Pac-12, top to bottom, best conference. And he has dominated that conference for two straight years. He's not only been durable, obviously as a team leader. They said tonight on the broadcast that the team meeting ended last night, like most do uh, the night before a game. Right, you usually eat dinner, you go to some meetings, and then you kind of gather as a team before you go to bed. And they announced tonight that like Michael Penix told all the after the team meeting ended, told all the coaches to leave. And he addressed the team. And players said that like you could hear a pin drop. So from the intangible standpoint, the character standpoint, it all checks. Like to me, I I don't know if he's ever some superstar NFL player, but like that works in the NFL. Now, passing medicals, that's why you go to the combine. He's scheduled to go to the senior bowl. Listen, I, I like Jim Nagy. I, I don't think a guy like that needs to go to the senior bowl at this point, uh, especially now that you're playing in the national championship like these two games of tape. Just get ready for the combine. It's enough. I'm not telling him not to go, but it, it's not necessarily needed. And honestly, he could just go to interview and stuff. But when you're a super high character guy, usually interviews for super high character smart guys, like it, it's really more about the question marks You know, at the senior bowl. Like, I don't think there's much to ask Michael Penix. To me, the main question with Penix is do you feel comfortable enough with his mobility, tonight looked pretty good. And obviously, your doctors, when, when they go through him at the combine, uh, you know, the knee checks, right? Because that, that is a major question mark. Because as a player, to me, he's fucking elite. Like, that, that's as good as it gets. Tua went number five in the draft a couple years ago. Listen, at worst, at worst, he's equivalent to Tua. And I'd argue, I, I think he's a better player at, in college than Tua Tonga Bailoa. And, and Tua, remember, coming out of the draft, had his hip ripped, and uh, I don't even think was healthy at the time of the combine. Remember, he wasn't even healthy when the Dolphins drafted him. So if Tua could go five, I think a lot of people thought, you know, coming into you know, halfway through this season, this guy was like a fringe first-round pick because of his age, because of the injuries. Like, listen, the way this thing works, checks all the boxes, the tape, how does this guy not go in the top 10? Now, you could argue sometimes if you drop a little bit, you go to a better team, a team more equipped to win, a team with more talent. But holy shit, I mean, I watched this guy. You put him on the New England Patriots this year. Do they win seven, eight games? (laughs) I mean, Bailey Zappi and Mac Jones can't hold this guy's jock. So just a brilliant performance. Now, you know, if if I wanted to play, if I was arguing against my scout, I'd say, well, 
he's playing with a wide receiver, number one, who's going to be top 12 pick. Uh, his other wide receiver, 11, is damn good. I mean, their skill guys are elite. His coaching is elite. Their offensive line won, uh, I, I forget the name of the award, but the top offensive line in the league. They have an offensive lineman who's going to be a first round. He's technically their tackle. Most people project him as a guard. Like Their team is really, really good on offense, but it's clear like he elevates them. And uh, special performance, and I'm glad that they didn't blow that, obviously because I had money on that, but I want to watch them play Michigan. And I, I want to watch that coaching staff against Jim Harbaugh. And I, I said this, and listen, people think I'm a Sark hater. I, I, have, I don't know the guy personally. I have never had anything. I, none of this stuff is personal to me. I'm all numb to this football business. It's all business to me. I just never thought Sark was that good. And if you look at his resume, he's like a lifetime seven-win coach. He had a great season this year. Their team was really good. They have a lot of talent. He had the highest payroll in all of college football. The NIL money that Texas spent on that team dwarfed 99% of teams. And even Georgia, Ohio State, they were higher. I mean, shit, their backup quarterback makes $5 million. They are paying so much money for that talent. And the Big 12 also sucks. Like, that's not an opinion. That's a fact. It was not very good this year. So, I, listen. Sark has improved. I'm glad he's got his life turned around. The health, the heart scare when he was at Alabama. They mentioned tonight he's as healthy as he's ever been. Like, listen, he, he's a very, very good offensive coordinator. But like a lot of coaches, he gets very addicted to the pass. And tonight, there were moments in the game where it's like, listen, you can run it on Washington. And there were moments early on in the game, like, God, if he was Jim Harbaugh or Kyle Shanahan, I would be fucked. Like next week, Jim Harbaugh has no problem calling run plays Every single snap. Sark can't help himself. Wants to throw. Why? Because a lot of, you know, offensive coaches like the pass. Well, tonight, like, it's not about running or passing. Like, what's going to work in that game? The reason the Washington Huskies always pass and throw bombs, that's their best play. By a mile. (laughs) It's unstoppable. They got NFL wide receivers, NFL quarterback, one of the best deep throwers we've ever seen in college. Run that play over and over. That's what you should do. Sark, tonight. You were physically dominating them at the line of scrimmage. You could run the ball down their throat. And he'd like run. Then he'd go pass. And there were some series where we went like pass, 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 three and out. It's like, what the fuck are you doing? As someone betting against you, like, thank God. And that was the reason. That was my logic. Strictly because, like, the talent discrepancy in this game is probably even. Bunch of NFL players, both teams. Some positions better than other positions. Both defenses, you know, relatively average compared to, like, Georgia two years ago. But it's about the play callers and the coaching staff. And one guy, listen, Dubor and Grubb scared me at the end, but I had faith in them. I had trust in them. Why? I've watched them play 90% of their games the last two years. I'm a Fresno State guy. I know people around the program. People swear by this guy. I've had people that listen to the show that played for him at at, uh, Sioux Falls and text me or DM me. I remember I got this a couple years ago. Maybe it was last year after he beat Oregon. I think the... Uh, during the regular season. And a player on one of those teams was like, listen, I, I, we were all on the team. We used to look around like, these guys are way too good for us. And they're right. This guy's a shooting star. This, this guy's a dominant, dominant coach. And listen, he had a bad moment at the end of the game. But unlike Sark, all this guy has done is win. Like this year is an outlier season for Steve Sarkeesian. It's an outlier season. And newsflash, going into the SEC, probably not going to happen again. Now, 12-team playoff, you know, you can go nine and three and get in. Like the SEC is going to get five, six teams in as they should. They dominate. They've earned it, whatever. But like the days of Sark being in the final four, I'm going to short that. 
Like, I'm going to short that hard. Bama, LSU, even just random games like Texas A&M and Tennessee. The schedule, no, no longer getting some of these patsies in the Big 12. Those days are over. And this team was obviously loaded from financial reasons. But, like, there's a decent chance that the best season that Sark ever has, which is a good season. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, shit, he made the playoffs. Gabe Washington, I wouldn't say everything they could handle because the score reflects a little bit different than the game we watched. But, listen, he, it's not like he coached a bad game, but he gets pass happy. And that's kind of, and I watched him a lot this season. And they almost blew a couple games because he refuses to run it. It's like, bro, you got fucking NFL running backs. Slam the ball down their throat. It happened last year when he had Bijan. Like, what are you doing? Physically overwhelm them. Kyle Shanahan's probably sitting in his office throwing pens against the, the screen. Like, what are you doing? Run the ball. But some coaches can't help themselves. Pass, pass, another pass, pass. It's like, I- I'm sorry, bro. Quinn Ewers ain't exactly Peyton Manning. Got improved. I'm not trying to hate on the kid. He's gotten better. But I don't know. He's not, not totally doing it for me. Uh, but massive win. Nice little win for the bank account. And now uh, we got, you know, maybe four figures riding on 7-1 to one Washington against Michigan. And Michigan-Bama. Let's start with Michigan. This game was enormous for Jim Harbaugh. You know, casually talking to buddies that have gone through Michigan. One, <laughs> Harbaugh's a weird cat. Like his pro, like they, what they say about Nick Saban in Alabama, and Kirby now does this in Georgia. You can go into their doors if you're an NFL scout, 24-7, 365. You want to do something at 3 in the morning in February, doors open. Like they are as NFL friendly as it gets. Harbaugh's a little weird about it. <laughs> like, not, not the most NFL-friendly guy. Not because he's not an NFL guy. He's just a weird cat, right? Lincoln Riley, same thing. They, they, some teams just have these weird restrictions. The, the high-level coaches, especially the ones with NFL ties, usually don't. Harbaugh's just in his own little world. But as someone who's rooted for him now, since his, really since Stanford, he, he doesn't win many big games. He gets to a lot of them, which 90% of coaches never dream of getting to. Like, his ability to win consistently undeniable. But when he gets there, there's a reason he's lost the last two playoff games. And listen, the Georgia won a couple years ago, whatever. Last year, TCU, that is a horrendous loss. Like, let's face it. If you play, simulate that game 10 times, Michigan wins that nine and a half. But Harbaugh lost. And then you're watching this game, and in the second half, you're like, Jim Harbaugh is going to lose to Alabama. Nick Saban said this today, that this is one of the most amazing seasons in Alabama history. I remember before I moved to this house, I was living at an apartment closer to Old Town Scottsdale. And a good friend of mine that works for an NFL team was doing a little Arizona, Arizona State. And so I met him for, uh, for drinks. We ended up just like having bottles of water and just bullshit about football for like an hour. And he'd been around the SEC for decades. And he said, John, this is one of the worst Alabama teams of the Saban era. Least talented. He's like, I I think they're going to win eight games. And early on in the season, it looked like they sucked. It's why I thought it was so funny, the overreaction of Jalen Milrow saying that Bill O'Brien thought he should change positions. Everyone's like, how could Bill O'Brien say that? Well, one, he's not a great passer. Two, Nick Saban benched his ass like fucking the second game of the season. Let's not act like Jalen Milrow's Bryce Young or Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts got benched. So, like, listen, the quarterback position is more than questionable with Alabama. And their talent relative to some of his peak teams aren't even remotely close. Now, they have a couple high-end NFL players, 
but the depth of their talent, especially explosion in their passing game, is nowhere. Their offensive line sucks. In the peak of Alabama, they had five NFL offensive linemen, and usually three of them were first-rounders, and the other two were second- and third-rounders. Like, that team was getting smoked today. But what Nick Saban did this year was incredible. And listen, anytime you get Nick Saban in a one-off game, in one of these playoff situations where you have a month to prepare, I did not trust Harbaugh. Now, I didn't bet on the game. Uh, I thought, listen, I've been told, depending on who you ask, anywhere from 15 to 17 guys on Jim Harbaugh's team are going to get drafted in four months. Potentially 17 to 18 if they all declare. Now, listen, I I think the quarterback should come back, but they, they are loaded with NFL talent. Every single position has NFL draft picks. Most of them are like top 90 guys. Like these aren't like sixth and seventh rounders. You're talking first, second, and third rounders. Like the majority of those 15 guys are going on the first two days of the draft. So from a talent standpoint, Michigan was better. Not necessarily like obviously five stars and stuff. I'm not acting like Alabama's roster, but some of those guys are like, they don't even play. I'm talking about the guys on the field. And for a long time, it looked like Jim Harbaugh was going to lose that game. And this game was infinitely more important to his legacy because that's, I mean, we're talking about legendary coaches. I mean, Nick is arguably one of the most legendary coaches ever. I'm talking like John Wooden, Phil Jackson, Bill Belichick. He's got a, seven national titles. I mean, what, what are we talking about? But Jim Harbaugh had to win this game. And how awesome was it? Rose Bowl, those two brands, the crowd, it kind of felt like a Michigan home game, which I don't blame Bantam fans. They've been enough of these things. You couldn't lose. And when, when they got the ball down a touchdown, I'll be honest, I didn't think they were going to score. I not only didn't think they were score, I just thought they were going to lose. And I was like, this is going to be a hard one to stomach. It's one thing to lose to Alabama in the peak of their powers. It's another thing to lose to this Alabama team with all the hype and everything around. I mean, do you know what's crazy about Michigan and Harbaugh? He's been suspended twice in the same season. (laughs) Think about that. Has a coach ever had a team with 15, 16 NFL draft picks who's going to play in the national championship who has been suspended two separate times in the same 13-game span. How the fuck is that even possible? But it is with Jim. Bizarre career, but he's here. I, I, I do think there's some pressure on him to win it. If not now, then when? Uh, I do think it's going to be difficult. I, have said it, I said it earlier. I'm going to keep saying this. If Washington was a different name, if they were USC, hell, if they were Oregon, if they were Texas, if they were Ohio State, they would be treated differently. But they're Washington. They're a four-point underdog against Sark. They're now a four-point underdog against Michigan. In my opinion, both games should have been pickups. Like I, I bet on that game strictly because, one, I watch an unhealthy amount of football on Saturdays during the fall, and I watch a lot of, obviously, West Coast football, and I've watched a ton of this team. But just simply, like, they're good. Like they're, It doesn't always look pretty. Their defense gives up some big plays. They make a million fucking plays. Like so, Some teams give up a lot of points. They also score a lot of points. So I, I, I just think that this game is, the, the value on it's wrong. I'm not confident Washington's going to win the national championship. Uh, though I do have money, I'm going to be rooting for it. But I, I do think this line is already off. And listen, you see it with Harbaugh. For whatever reason, and I told Colin this, I, I, I used to be a huge Peyton Manning fan. When he came out in the draft, I was in like junior high. And then, you know, really that stretch when he couldn't beat Brady was through high school. And even early on in college. And I rooted for him so hard. And I always used to remember, like, he always just looked so bad in the big moments. You'd watch him, watch him all season long. It's like he looked like a video game. He'd, he'd throw, like, 40, 45 touchdowns. He was unstoppable. And then he'd get to the playoffs, 
against the Patriots. And you're like, what is going on? Who is this guy? And it feels like that with Michigan. They, they play all season long. Now, you could argue the Big Ten sucks. And they just look like a machine. They're rolling. Even against Ohio State, they bring their A game. And then you watch them today, you're like, what is happening? Some of it is, you could argue, you know, their, their skill guys on the outside are not awesome. Their O-line's good, and Blake Corum is a stud. That guy's got second-round pick NFL starter written all over. But, you know, when it comes to Harbaugh, listen, the team takes on your personality. So when Harbaugh gets super tight and he's, he's got half a, you know, a pouch of red man in his mouth, you just feel like he's just, uh, and his team kind of feels like that. And even watching Dubois tonight, there's a looseness to him. Hell, I'll even give Sark this. Sark looked kind of loose tonight, which I think is healthy. There's a tight, like, wound nature to Harbaugh uh, and just a Harbaugh family that, I don't know, sometimes he lets down in these big moments. Always. It's kind of been a theory of mine that he's just, he's just wound too tight. Now, his team might be so good that he just wins a national championship. And does he win a national championship and just immediately go to the pros, the Raiders or the Chargers feel like the most likely? If I'm the Bears, I'm all over him as well. But, listen, fantastic coaching job this season by Nick Saban. Enormous win by Jim Harbaugh. Uh, I, I would say, obviously, Kalen Dubor is a fucking rocket ship right now. He hasn't lost a game in two years. He's playing the national championship at the University of Washington. Pac-12 just imploded, and he carried the flag right up until early January. I mean, keeping this conference relevant before they go to the Big Ten. And listen, I'll, I'll say this about Sark. Coming off the last couple of years, it was pretty ugly. Like he, he was going to be in the Arch Manning thing, kind of gave him a little grace because his first two years of Texas were, were ugly. This year clearly buys him a lot of time because offensively he's a good coach. But there are things like what happened the first play of the game? Penalty. Like I, I think in the first five minutes, they had three penalties. It's just something about his team that you just lack. I, I don't know. And I say this forever about Lincoln Riley. When you're not a tough guy, like, listen, Sark, most offensive coaches, like quarterbacks, aren't like, you know, Connor McGregor. Your team kind of reflects that. Like, to me, Dubor is a tough guy. It's just harder to, he's not getting these five star guys like USC and Texas should be getting. Like, how do they have these bodies and don't dominate physically? Well, their coach isn't tough. When your coach is tough, your team's usually tough, right? Why are Harbaugh's, both Jim and John, why are their teams tough? Because those motherfuckers are tough guys. They're just tough guys. I'm not talking like beat you up in a fight, though Jim could. I'm talking like truly, on a daily basis, things they do when it comes to football revolve around toughness. A lot of these offensive guys like Sark and Lincoln, like the things they do on a daily basis are about like throwing the ball. <laughs> like that's, that's what they dream about. And it reflects in their team. So I, I think Texas is in for a major wake-up call next year in the, in the SEC. You'd be like, well, John, they beat Alabama at Alabama. Yeah, that Alabama team that they beat was headed to be a 7-8 win team. Somehow Saban... For being a goat, turn that thing around. That, that team that they beat is a different team than we watched. But th- their downfall ultimately was the quarterback. That's why I, I would say it's probably a 50-50 chance that Jalen Milrose, the quarterback next season. But what a day. I mean, that's, that's hard to beat. And I know some of you people on the East Coast are like, why are these games so late? Like, well, the Rose Bowl, no matter what, starts at 2 o'clock. Because in that third, that second half, they like that sun going down over the back of the stadium. That's never going to change. So... Washington, Michigan, national championship. Obviously, I got I got Washington seven to one and let it ride, baby. So let's let's see what we can do. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. 
And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. They help you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Did you know 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites? LinkedIn's the only one I use. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N. That's linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. eBay Motors is here for the ride. You know what I remember about my first car? Is that the moment I got it, I wanted to improve it. Because like most 16-year-old kids, you don't exactly get a luxury automobile. So you look at it, you go, well, I need to add some speakers. I need to tint out the windows. I need to make this thing the coolest car possible so I can cruise around town with all my buddies, waving at the babes, and enjoy myself. So my favorite part of car culture when I was young was definitely the subwoofers in the back of the car. And uh, we built the boxes from scratch, had multiple 12-inch subs, and you could hear me coming from a long, long way away. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. A couple quick things before we get out of here. A lot of people, you know, that, that video of David Tepper throwing the cocktail water on the fan has gone viral. I initially think it's pretty funny. And then I just get back to, you know, I've been lucky enough to play some really nice country clubs. Not because I'm a member, just knew a guy, got to play LA Country Club, MPCC in Monterey. I know people that have been on at Augusta, some country clubs throughout America that are just the uber exclusive country clubs. Those country clubs, like it doesn't matter how much money you have, they don't just let everyone in. And once they let you in, and it's usually not based on money, it's based on like who you know, and then there's a standard that you have to act to maintain your membership. Like ultimately the NFL, Dave Tepper's a super rich guy, made a ton of money in the market. He's known as one of the great like traders in the history of, you know, the market, right? Very, very successful guy with money. But right now he feels a little unhinged. Like his organization's kind of a joke. And it starts with him. Because what he did previously does not translate at all to this. 
And listen, the NFL has done a good job of like trying to get rid of these shitty owners. Like they forced Dan Snyder out. They, I've been saying forever they would love to get rid of Mark Davis. They would love to get rid of Glazer because they want more money guys with money in. But there's also a standard once you're in in which they want you to act. Like they didn't need your money, Dave. I can't have you ruining the brand by throwing shit at fans. Like you kind of got it to get it together, buddy. The thing that I find funny. They lost. They got killed. They got beat by the Jags. Trevor Lawrence is on the sideline. Your team sucks. Like, what are you getting mad about? Like, your team has been awful. You've been the worst team in football start to finish all season long. I understand if I'm like, uh, if I was the Dolphins owner, and I'm, I'm at the Ravens game, and we're just getting killed, and I'm pissed off. Get it, right? We had a good season. Want to get a big win. Th- those situations. Your team sucks. How can you get, what are you getting mad at? How are you so angry? Well, the fans talking shit. Well, yeah, your team's awful. Close the window. Like, you get these situations with these guys that are so rich, that come in, that are not used to taking orders from anyone. But when you get into these exclusive country clubs, there are rules you have to follow. Now, like finding a guy that wealthy, what's it really going to do? This is type shit that the league is going to be like, bro, what are you doing? Like, we let you in this club. Let's fucking get our shit together here, buddy. Because your team's terrible. So what's the point of getting mad when you're getting blown out by a team that's probably going to go to the playoffs and you're drafting number one? Now, part of it, you're mad because you don't have the pick. You're the guy signing off on forcing them to make that trade. Yeah, you drafted the wrong guy. Sucks. Welcome to the NFL. It happens. The problem is, he's used to, if you pick the wrong stock, if he put $100 million on something and he loses 10%, now he's got $90 million, he can pivot fast. He can sell it, take that $90 million, reinvest it, turn it back into $150 million. Can't do that in football. You get stuck. You get in these shitty situations. And this dude's melting down. He's melting down in front of our eyes. You know, the, the Athletic wrote an article earlier this season that internally in that organization is like the Hunger Games. I, I mean, I, I can't even imagine how toxic that place is. And it starts with him. Because when you read these books about these great finance guys, dude that owns the Mets, Steve Cohen, who... uh uh, Billions was about. Tepper is very similar. I think part of the show also factored him in. Like they're used to just screaming, getting their way, turning it around, making more money. That's not the way football works. And I, I just think you're watching a guy that I, you could say is a little over his head. Not over his head financially, money wise, he's unfazed, but over his head and like has no answers. What's he gonna do? Like getting angry doesn't fix anything. Throwing a drink at a fan, like what does that do? It doesn't do anything. So this, the Panthers, man, they are a sneaky problem right now for the NFL. And last but not least, Jordan Love. I, I shorted the Packers. I thought they were going to suck. I simply went on the logic of what team goes from Favre to Rodgers to just another good quarterback. It's happened one time in my life. And it was Montana, Young, Jeff Garcia. I'm like, the likelihood that Jordan Love turns into a Jeff Garcia is no chance. Dude has 30 touchdown passes. Only two guys in the NFL, Dak and Purdy, have more touchdown passes. If I would have said at the beginning of the year, if you would have said to me that Jordan Love was going to throw 30 touchdown passes, I would have said, you're high. I said, put down the weed. I, I put, down, put down the smoke, man. No chance. I, I, I'm blown away. Now, last night, Minnesota's imploding, whatever. He fucking looks good. I'll say this for Jordan Love. Early on, looked really bad. His good this season has looked Pro Bowl level good. And their skill around him, the wide receivers, we know how talented Aaron Jones is, the tight end's good, 
Obviously, offensive line, they're always able to figure that out in Green Bay. I'd be pretty excited. Now, I'm not saying this guy's going to be the next Aaron Rodgers like Chris Collinsworth or Brett Favre, but he's got a lot to work with. I mean, throws a pretty ball, has velocity, obviously he's a good athlete, has improved throughout the season. Now they control their own destiny. They beat the Bears, get in the playoffs. I, I, I can't get over. I, I, I wouldn't have believed a soul. So this team's going to make the playoffs. Jordan Love's going to throw over 30 touchdowns. And people are going to be saying like the Packers. The Chicago Bears have never had a quarterback in the history of the franchise throw 30 touchdowns. Like Jordan Love throws the ball like everyone on social media thinks Justin Fields throws the ball. <laughs> Watch those two guys. One guy looks dramatically better as a passer consistently down in, down out. Now, Fields runs the ball better. Fields can make some big plays down the field. But just in terms of timing, rhythm, it ain't even close. Blown away by Jordan Love. Uh, Packers, maybe you guys are just like, you know, like a college team. It's like Alabama or Ohio State. It's just impossible for you not to have a good quarterback. So props to Goot and LaFleur for figuring that one out. And uh, get out of here on this. Morgan and Morgan. The player that made it look easy. I'm actually going to go with the group of people that made it look easy. Never forget, when the committee came out, everyone's like, how could you leave Florida State out? They went undefeated in a Power 5 conference. Well, they have backup quarterbacks who do not look good. Their starting quarterback is in a cast and on crutches. They are no longer the same team. And you know what they did? They said, we're going to go with Nick Saban and Alabama. Roll Tide Roll. And we all benefited today. Because the day started with that game, going to overtime, Rose Bowl, Nick Saban. Now listen, I'm not naive enough to act like the Florida State team that we watched the other night was the actual Florida State team. The score of whatever the final score was, 150-3 to against Georgia. Uh, like, a little bit of a Fugazi score. Like, that, that wasn't the real Florida State team. But even if those guys hadn't opted out and all their top draft picks, they did not belong in the playoffs. The committee made the right decision. So sometimes, and in this day and age, you have to be willing to go uh, with what you truly believe in and let people on the internet bitch and moan and just fucking turn off your phone. Who gives a shit? They made the right decision. We all benefited. Florida State's going to be fine in the long run. They'll eventually find their way to the SEC. Program's going nowhere. But thank God that they put Alabama in that game, and we got one of the great Rose Bowls. I, I guess it feels like the Rose Bowl is often a really good game, but that, that was just an often awesome Rose Bowl. So the, the committee that made it look easy by Morgan & Morgan. So if you're ever injured, you can check out Morgan & Morgan. Their fee is free unless they win. For more information, go to forthepeople.com slash John or dial pound law, that's 529 from your cell phone. That's F-O-R, thepeople.com slash John or pound law. Pound 529 from yourself. The volume. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff. 
Are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddy? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddy on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.